existing dialogue. I am meeting. Too many times we stand aside and let the waters slip away until we put off to tomorrow as finally come today. So don't stand upon the shoreline and say you're satisfied. Choose to chance the rapids and dare to dance the tide. Hello again, ladies and gentlemen. This is Maxwell Ivy, known around the world as The Blind Blogger, and you can find me at theblindblogger.net. You can also purchase my books over there, including my latest one, The Blind Blogger's New York City Adventures, How You Can Make Your Dreams Come True. And today, or tonight, I guess it is, I'm blessed to have somebody y'all have heard me talk about before. She is my friend and trusted editor, Lorraine Regulie from wordingwell.com. Also, her other site, LorraineRegulie.com, if you want to find out more about her, the person instead of the writer, I would suggest you check out both sites. She is a former uh, award-winning or top English teacher in, in Canada. She's also a woman who was uh, sexually assaulted at a young age, later would go into uh, prostitution and have a bout with drug abuse, but now she is uh, a totally successful blogger, author, proofreader, editor, ghostwriter. As I tell people when I tell them about you, uh, if it involves the proper use of words, then I go to Lorraine. So uh, thank you, Lorraine. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. Um... I had a, a bit of a rough last couple of days. My little kitten went in for her operation um, yesterday morning, and so I've been pretty much giving her all her all my attention to her. Um, she has a, an incision on her belly. They shaved her and they spayed her, and I had to get it done because it was part of the contract I signed when I adopted her. So needless to say, um, I haven't really left the house and uh, I'm just kind of, you know, lounging around and, <laughs> and uh, you know, it was kind of a perfect time for us to do the podcast because I, I did have some free time and she's sleeping now. So hopefully uh, she won't really interrupt us. Um, right. she... Well, that's, that's <laughs> one of those things that people who aren't pet people will never understand just how much they affect our lives and when they are sick hurt or have to or even even more so when they have to have any type of a procedure like that it uh, really gets to you well yeah I mean she's my baby now I mean I I am a mother my son is now 27 I had him when I was 18 and so you know he's moved out of the house and living with his girlfriend and working and you know doing all adult things now. And so, you know, when he moved out, I wanted to fill that little void and I ended up getting a kitten. So she just turned six months old in January. And uh, I had to, like I said, I had to get her fixed. So she's in a little bit of pain, but not doing too badly. The vet gave me some painkillers for her and whatnot. But we're not here to talk about my cat. We're here to talk about other things. But um, so uh, where you know, start? Now, Kathy Lee Gifford made a career out of talking about her kids, so I don't think you got anything to worry about. <laughs> okay, sounds good. 
Right. So why don't you help me out here and, and tell people uh, a little bit more about who Lorraine is and how, she, how you got to be the person you are now. Okay. So um, you had mentioned that I suffered uh, sexual abuse and I did. I was 14. I was a virgin and I was raped. So uh, before my 15th birthday, and I did not know how to cope with that traumatic event. I didn't tell anybody about what happened to me, um, not until like eight years later. Um, when this happened, uh, this was in the mid 80s. So back then, no one really talked about anything really I mean in today's society everything's you know talked about quite openly I mean geez we even have gay marriages now I mean society has come a long way since I was a teenager and so because I didn't know how to cope with everything I did end up turning to drugs drinking and eventually I became promiscuous looking for love in all the wrong places um, which eventually led to prostitution. Um, I figured I was giving it away for free anyway, so maybe I should get paid for it. And when I was made an offer that I couldn't refuse, I, that's how I got started. Um, so my life has kind of, you know, had some negativity, and you know there's been a lot of ups and downs in it uh i had an abortion when i was 16 i got pregnant again when i was 17 became a single mom at 18. Um, i quit high school and went back to school after my son was born and uh, i wanted to make a better life for my son and so I did go back to school. I went to university. I went there for five years. I became a high school math and English teacher. I, I did that. I taught high school math and English for three and a half years. And then I actually quit, um, well, for several reasons. Um, and I ended up moving back to my hometown and getting back into prostitution, which caused my son to ultimately uh, disowned me for three years um, because he found out what I was doing. I also got back into the drugs and everything else. And, uh, and for the first year after he stopped talking to me, um, like he moved out and we didn't talk and my life just got progressively worse for about 10 months. Um, I ended up smoking crack. Um, until finally one day I just said, you know what, Lorraine, like enough's enough. Like you have to do something with your life. It's going nowhere and you're not doing anything productive. And so I quit everything. And then ironically, um, I almost died after, you know, becoming clean. Um, <laughs> now I say this because uh, I say ironically, because throughout all of these years, throughout all of the bad crap that I was going through, I suffered from suicidal thoughts and I, well, after I was raped, I even tried to kill myself um, the following year. And so um, when my son was born and I had these thoughts, I always, you know, just kind of tried to 
push them aside and and you know think like well you can't kill yourself even though you want to because like then what's your son gonna do and so my son was the one who kept saving my life time and time again and when my appendix burst after I got clean I nearly literally died I was in so much pain I ended up going to the emergency they they did emergency surgery on me and told me the next day that I had such a bad infection and that my appendix burst into so many pieces that they had to um, instead of doing the lapros laparoscopy which is how they normally remove your appendix um, they actually had to cut a seven inch incision in my stomach and go she said the doctor and these are her words i had to go digging around for all the pieces yeah and i was like oh my god she says yeah you're going to be sore for quite a while and it's going to take you a while to heal um so anyhow when i was in the hospital uh recovering i had an epiphany and i realized i didn't want to die because i was so close to death that day i didn't want to die first of all without saying goodbye to my son and secondly because i still had things that i wanted to accomplish i still had dreams i had dreams of becoming you know a famous writer and sharing certain things with the world and so what ended up happening is i got back in touch with my son i told him about what happened i told him i was changing that i had changed already you know i had quit quit the drugs quit working on the street you know turned over a new leaf basically and he and i ended up reconnecting and it was him that kind of pushed me towards my current situation because he uh it was almost christmas time and i asked him i said julian what do you want for christmas and he says mom i don't want anything Just take that money that you're going to spend on me and buy something for yourself buy something you need and i thought well geez i don't need anything and i thought well okay so i still bought him something for christmas but i also bought a book called the 2013 writer's market um, when i was in university i i wrote a book and my professor encouraged me to get it published i actually wrote it as part of a canadian poetry course that i took and submitted it instead of doing a, a final exam she gave us that option the very first day of class either do a two-week take-home exam or over the course of the semester use that time to write a book so i opted to write the book and when she told me that i should get it published um, because it was the highest in the class i got 90 percent on it i thought okay well how do i do that and so i started researching well how do you become a published author and this was back in the late 90s and self-publishing was no longer like it was not heard of yet so traditional publishing going and finding an agent a publisher and everything else someone to you know print your books distribute your books and everything 
So the writer's market is a really good resource for different publishers in Canada, the United States, and even international ones. So I started making a list of potential people, potential people. kind of got sidetracked with the whole project. And um, just kind of forgot about it. But then I did, I, a few years later, I started kind of researching again. I bought another edition of the writer's market. Same thing happened. But then when my son told me, you know, mom, like get something you really need. I thought, okay, it's time. I have to do this. You know, third time's a charm. Let's do it now. So when I bought the 2013 writer's market, it contained a bunch of new information saying how authors are now expected to promote their own works through blogging and social media. And I'm like, okay, what the heck is blogging? Like I had no <laughs> idea. And so I did some more research. I went out and I bought a laptop. Four days later, I started my own blog. And a year after that, um, because I had written uh, several posts that ended up ranking on the first page of Google, um, I thought, well, sh you know, shit, I should monetize my blog post, you know, put AdSense or something on it and, you know, maybe earn a few bucks for, for all these visitors I'm getting. And you can, can't do that on a free WordPress.com uh, blog. So I moved it to WordPress.org and I put AdSense on it and started making money that way. I also, in the, in the meantime, I had started freelance blogging and uh, with, with the different guest posts that I had written, um, one of the guys that I, I wrote for decided to hire me on a monthly basis to have me write one article per month for him for his website. And then I did some social media stuff for him as well. So next, you know, next thing you know, I'm not even like pursuing this writing career with my book. Like I'm doing freelance writing. And uh, so anyhow, um, I ended up turning that and my skills as an English teacher into a word-based business where I do freelance writing and editing. So my business is called Wording Well, and the website is wordingwell.com, and I still haven't actually published that book that I wrote in university, but it's on my to-do list. Instead, I published two other books. Uh, one is called Risky Issues, and it's a book of short stories that I wrote, and the second book is called From Nope to Hope. And I wrote that book because I wrote an article, one of my articles that ended up ranking on the first page of Google was the article I wrote about my suicide attempt. And so when I uh, was checking out my blog stats one day, I was looking and I was like, well, geez, I'm getting so many people reading this article. I should write a book that will help them even more. Um, because over the years, I learned different strategies and techniques to cope with my own suicidal thoughts. And so um, 
I decided to package everything all up together and put all of this information in a book. And I also included a few other personal stories in addition to my own story about my own suicidal thought. There's four other contributors who shared their stories and also a story, a true story from a guy who his sister committed suicide. And I wanted to hear about the after effects, like what the family goes through after a family member commits suicide. Because it's, you know, it's, it's so horrific and it's so tragic and it's so awful to hear about. And people who are suicidal don't think about other people. They just think about their own pain and what they're going through. And so I wanted to include that too, to, you know, to kind of show other people about, you know, it's not always just about you. Like other people are going to be affected by your actions. So anyhow, um, and in my book, From Nope to Hope, I also included a built-in workbook where at the end of each chapter, there are exercises for the reader to do to, so that they could start implementing what I'm teaching them and start seeing results immediately in their own lives. So, okay, I've talked so much, I feel like I need a break here. <laughs> yeah. Um that's that's fine. I got uh, um, I, before I go on. I want to ask you. I'm hearing a scraping noise. Um, are you using a headset, or is there something picking up noise from maybe this, your hair, or the side of your head, or something? You know what? It could be. It could be my hair. I'm kind of sort of fidgeting. Um, yeah, you can't see me, so I'm not using a headset. I didn't even. I have a headset. I didn't even think about it. No, I was just curious. I thought it could be you. It could be the cat. I wasn't sure where the noise was coming from, but it sounded like a scraping noise, kind of like when I'm wearing my headset and the mic is up against uh, the side of my face on, and it's been a day since I shaved. So, no, I, I, I uh, have that. Here, I'll put it on for just a minute. Let me figure it out. That's fine. My, I just, my cat was, uh, she, she somehow got up on my desk and was playing with it. <laughs> so it got kind of tangled up a little bit. Um, but you know what, here, let me just plug it in and, oh wait, yeah. it's gonna be loud. Let me adjust my volume first, because otherwise you're gonna okay. yeah. ears. I learned this last time I did a podcast and forgot to change. Okay, so can you hear me okay now? Yeah, I'm hearing you just fine. You might want to turn it up just a little bit. Turn it up just a little bit? Yeah. Okay, how's that? Is that yeah, that's too good. loud? Or that's no, that's not too loud, no. Okay. I've been told by other podcasters that people can much more easily turn down the volume than they can turn it up. So right. if, if you're going um, to, to be wrong on a headset or something, always turn it up a little louder than you think you need it. And of course, she heard me talking about it, and she's trying, <laughs> trying, trying to grab the cord here now. So I'm just gonna grab. That is what they do. That's that's. Uh, she's got a sore little belly, and she just wants attention. So. It's yeah, just yeah. I I you know uh, back when back when Miss Penny was still here, if I if uh, she was in the house and the door was closed. She thought that meant she should be on this side of the door. So I had to let her in before I started doing a podcast or any type of interview. Or she'd 
scratch on the door to the point people would think the cops were coming. I mean, she's very loud. <laughs> yeah. Very big, um, very big, long nails, you know. So, um, so yes, I'm talking with uh, my good friend Lorraine regularly from wordingwell.com, and we're talking about her life and also about writing. Now, you mentioned that in 2013, you got the new, uh, the new, the new uh, market book for uh, for editors and publishers, and it was the first time you had, you had seen them include blogging and and self published authors. Writer's yeah. yeah, writers market. Excuse me. Yeah, writers market. Okay, so you have. Hello. Hello. Are you there? Okay. <laughs> I'm going to interrupt you here, Max. All right. You can't hear me? That's yeah, I can hear, properly. I can hear, you, I can hear so you now. I am I am going to just use my computer like we were. I like the noise your you computer makes. You know, it says makes. my internet connection is Oh, it's annoying to me. I like the noise your computer makes when you plug your headphones in. I think that's the cool noise. I'd like to have that sound effect. That's not, no, that's for when I adjust the volume. If I, see? Yeah, there, yeah I like that, that 70. No, 70. I like that. that yeah. <laughs> it's a cool sound Wait, effect. My cat just loves all these sounds. Um, so this writer's market, right. So I wanted okay. to mention about self-publishing because I had never heard of self-publishing. I had never heard about blogging. So after I started blogging, okay, so I started, you know, reading all kinds of blogs about blogging so that I could be a better blogger. Yeah. Then I got in touch with some self-published authors and I started learning about self-publishing as well woman who basically taught me like what I needed to know about self-publishing and she's written oh my goodness I don't even I'll say dozens of books by now because she has dozens of books out there and uh, she's both a fiction and a non-fiction author mostly fiction um, anyhow she was Melissa was the first person to teach me about self-publishing and so my first book, Risky Issues, was kind of my test book, my, my practice book that I just kind of like put together, took some short stories, put it together, formatted it, and, and you know, hired a de cover designer. And then I put it out there to make sure that I had all of the steps, you know, from point A to point B to get it out there is as both an ebook and as a print book. And I was successful. And it was a good thing too, because that was right around the time that you hired me to help you with your first book, leading you out of the darkness into the light. And, right. so, um, you know, obviously it's good that I knew what I was doing because you, you know, you wanted to I'm getting restless now. Um, so she, so yeah, so you definitely did, you know, pick the right person because I did go through all the steps properly. I went through all of your steps properly for your book. And, you know, your, your, your first book turned out great, um, which caused your second book to turn out great and your most recent book to turn out great. So, and, and also my second book, you know. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's been a nice journey that uh, I've been on. 
you've been a great client and a great friend throughout the whole process. Um, I admire the hell out of you, Max, you know, and, and I still remember back to when I first met you, when I wrote that guest post for Ashley Fox for Mad Lemmings and you left me a blog comment and you mentioned that you were a blind blogger and I, I was just stunned that you were blind and everything. And I mean, geez, that's, you know, that, that interview that we did, I mean, I'm so grateful that we got to do that. I mean, you and I have gone through so much together, not just with your books, but with, you know, with everything, with our friendship and I've been able to watch you grow over the last few years, um, you know, become a coach in addition to, you know, having your businesses doing the, you know, being an amusement part, uh, equipment broker and, you know, becoming an author, but now, now you're a life coach. Now you're doing media publicity stuff. You're, progressing as an author doing book signings I mean you have done a hell of a lot more than I have and you're blind and I can see and that's why you know I absolutely love the title of your podcast called what's what's your excuse because oh, I, I don't even know what my excuse is honestly like, yeah but you you've 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 done you, you you've overcome so much in your life uh some of it was and a lot of it was caused back in those early years when, you know, things like that can basically, there are people who never recover from events like that, that early in their, in their, in their life. But you've done a couple of things that I haven't done yet that I'm very, that I'm very envious of. One is you've been recognized in the street because people have seen you giving <laughs> talks at the library and the, and, the, uh, and wherever else it is you've been giving talks. Tell people about these, these talks you've been giving, what you talk about, where you've been, and, and what did it feel like having somebody recognize you on the city bus? I want to know about that. Yeah, so there was a couple of times I've been recognized. Um, one was, I, what do you remember about the city bus incident? Uh, just, I don't remember a whole lot about it. So if, if it's a good story, go ahead. Plus, plus the, a lot about the, people, the people watching haven't heard this story at all. So go ahead and tell it. I, you know what? I, I honestly, I got such a bad memory that I, I just remember right. Cause I don't have a car. So I take the city bus if I need to travel somewhere, unless I, you know, take a cab or get a ride with somebody. I was on the bus one day and I don't know if it was, Oh, I know what it was, what happened. Okay, so I was at the library giving a, giving a talk about my book, and I was joined with another local author that day. And so there was the two of us, and our picture ended up being in the paper. So someone that was actually at the library that day recognized me from being there. She's like, oh, you were at the library just like last week. And I said, yeah. And so we started talking and it was just, yeah, it was just kind of cool that I was recognized there. And then also I was in Kentucky Fried Chicken one day, picking up dinner for my parents and, and myself. Um, I was standing in line and the guy next to me says, your name Lorraine? And I said, yeah. He said, we, we, I don't know if you remember me. We used to go to grade school together. 
And so he told me his name and I'm like, yeah, I remember you. He says, yeah, I saw your picture in the paper. And I was like, oh yeah, cool, right on. So that's why I was telling you earlier about how you should, you know, for your upcoming book signing uh, at the end of March, take out an ad with your picture in it of you holding your book and put it, put it in the paper because that is how, you know, I, I, I got recognized twice so far, <laughs> which is really funny because, you know, I hardly ever go out anywhere. Like, honestly, unless it's to uh, my parents' house or going grocery shopping, I very rarely go out. Like, my life is, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm a freelancer who works from home. I love it at home now because, you know, like, especially where I live, it's winter, like, most of the year, at least half of the year. So, I mean, in the wintertime, I, I, I usually don't go out a lot. Um, but anyhow, this was last, last summer that this happened because the book, uh, the book event at the library was in June. And so this happened, like, in July and then just in the fall uh, that I, I, I met the guy at KFC. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was kind yeah. of fun. And what, and what kind of event was it at the library and how did you end up being part of that? Okay, so it was a Thunder Bay Pride event. Um, each year in my city, I guess there's, uh, there's I don't know if it's an organized, I don't know if they're called Thunder Bay Pride, um, but they have a Facebook page, so I'm pretty sure that's the exact name of it, Thunder Bay Pride. It's an organization okay. for... Uh, all different kinds of people, whether you're, um, I don't think you have to be bisexual or gay or transgender or questioning or whatever all these letters are. There's like six <laughs> or seven letters now. I think it's like LGBTQ. And Q. Yeah, I think, got, I think you got yeah, them all. There's, yeah, there's like a whole bunch. And I mean, me being a wordsmith, I should know this, but you know what? They, they seem to change it all the time. First, it was LGBT. Then they added some Q and then they, they added something else. I think there's a total of six letters now. But anyhow, um, I saw something on Facebook about an author speaking at the Waverly Resource Library. And I put a little comment saying, hey, I'm a local author too. How do I get involved with this? And I just asked and I got a response and he said, yeah, just show up. So there was only the one author. I know there's more local authors, like more, more authors in my city. But anyhow, um, so I, I just, yeah, so I just joined, I joined up and said, yeah, like, you know, here I am, here's my book. And he said, yeah, make sure you bring copies of your book to sell and, you know, like be available for a Q&A period, question and answer period. And I said, yeah, sure. So we, we each, uh, David Belrose was the other author. And I, we each talked about our books and about our experiences. And yeah, it was really interesting. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, it was just a free event. So I wasn't, you know, I wasn't paid for it or anything, but, you know, obviously, I mean, it, I, I the publicity that I got, I mean, geez, I, you know, recognized in the street oh and then later that week because it was that week they had a whole bunch of different events going on and they had one event down at the marina um what the heck was it i can't remember the actual name of the event but there was a whole bunch of people they had a whole bunch of tents set up and 
refreshment stands and activities going on. And I don't know if it fun in the, I don't think it was fun in the park. It, it was, it had a name. Anyways, I ended up going because it was a really nice day that day. It was nice and sunny out. And I ended up going to that event as well. And I ran into a few people that were also at the library event, um, a couple of the younger girls, uh, teenage girls. And, and they, one of them said, hey, I saw you at the event last week at the, at the library. And I was like, yeah. And she says, yeah, I was telling my friends about you. And so we ended up chatting. And yeah, so it was, it was pretty cool. So, you know, I would say probably get involved with your local libraries and see if there's any kind of events that you can attend and speak at there, because that'll definitely help you help with your publicity as an author. Yeah, the other thing that I am finding out lately is that um, a lot of the independent bookstores, which what, what of them are, are still left, they really love to feature local authors um but you know it's just a case of not many authors are confident enough in their in their work or their or their name recognition to call them up or email them in and say hey we need to do something together so i uh, applaud you for seeing that thing and putting your putting your name out there and then you know really taking advantage of the appearance that you did get and you know giving your giving your talk at the one event and and now you're famous, or at least in at least in uh, Thunder Bay. I mean, uh, well, I, that's I, how it starts. You know, you, you become famous in Thunder Bay. Next thing you know, they're they're stopping you on the streets in Toronto. I mean, well, you know, it, it depends on what you do as well. Because like the other author that I was at that event with, David Belrose, he told me that his book is available in about. I don't know, at least like, I don't know, six, seven, eight, nine, maybe not 10, 10 different places in Thunder Bay where, where we live. And he gave me the contact names for each of the places. And he told me, you know, like, if you want to get your book into these stores, then call these people up. And, you know, mm, I, I, still, so I still haven't done that. Like when it comes to my clients, I bend over backwards for them. When it comes to me, I am so horrible at self-promoting and even like taking steps to further my own fame or whatever you want to call it. Well, um, just, just put all those pay, just put all those cards in an, in a text document and send it to me, and I'll take care of it for you. <laughs> yeah, I will tell them all how great you are and how wonderful your book is and how they are. Are uh, are idiots, fools, or both? Because they don't have their book, your books in their stores yet. I'll hook See, you up. I I even know where it is, right here. Fireweed. Contact whoever's working. The <laughs> gallery thirty three. Talk to Kristen at the LU bookstore. Talk to Pamela. I've got there their last names, but I'm not going to say them because we're. Well, thank you, thank you. Whatever, but you know, I still haven't done any of this, and oh, geez, yeah. I guess I should make it a new to do list. <laughs> I'm more concerned with making my clients happy. Never mind making myself happy. What can I say? Yeah, well, my you know, satisfaction is my big goal. Well, that's good to know. It's something that <laughs> makes you the person you are, the editor you are, the the friend that you are, because you do put other people's happiness and satisfaction ahead of your own. That's, and sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's a bad thing. Um, 
How have, um, now you've, you've self-published twice. You've helped me self-publish three times. I know that you've helped at least two other authors um, that I know of. I'm sure there are more that I don't, but uh, do you ever have the, the desire to follow through on that original goal and go through the traditional publishing route? You know, I do and I don't. Um, first of all, it's it's a lot of work trying oh, yes. to find a publisher who will take your book on. I mean, you, I, I, I don't know this for a fact because I haven't sent out all the letters yet. Um, however, uh, I thought, well, I could simply self-publish it. I mean, that's easy. Anybody can self-publish a book. Um, but, you know, in order to get the exposure and the distribution, I won't say worldwide, but like countrywide or even continent-wide, you know, like for Canada and the United States, perhaps even Mexico, um, I, I have thought about seeking a traditional publisher for that book simply because it is a book that colleges and universities would definitely stock because it's a resource book for Canadian poetry. Uh, it's a very scholarly book about poetry interpretation and analysis based on seven Canadian poets, um, several of whom were Federation poets and I mean, holy crap, this, I wrote this book 20 years ago. Now that I think of it, I mean, we're in 2018 now. I actually wrote this book in 1997. So it's been 20 years. So holy crap, I need you to give me a kick in the ass, Max. Because, like, <laughs> honestly, what the hell's my excuse? Uh, well, see, see, here's the thing, though. I, if I'm going to give you a kick in the ass, it's not going to be for that book. It's going to be for the Letters to Julia book that oh. I think just screams bestseller. I think, you know, I could see, uh. I could see it on the same shelf with books by Nicholas Sparks. I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's just it needs. It needs to be written. You need to write it. And letters to Julian. Yeah. Tell people about letters to Julian, and then tell, um, and then when she's through, people, y'all be sure and y'all be sure and stalk her on Facebook and go write letters from Julia. We'll start a hashtag. Yeah. Hashtag. Okay, so we'll, we'll letters write, write letters. Started when Julian was a baby, and I he was just a brand new newborn baby, and I wrote him a letter intending on giving it to him when he was going to move out of the house. And it was a piece of advice. And I actually published that letter, uh, or one of them, I don't know, I published one of them on my website. It's called uh, A Letter to My Son. So anyways, over the years, as my son grew, I, I did write him letters. And I... I have some of them typed into my computer. I have some of them on paper because, you know, I, I normally write by hand when I actually like write. And uh, also back then I didn't have a computer. So I have a lot of things handwritten uh, that I still have not entered into my computer and still have not put together. So that's, that's one of the things that uh, I, 
I, I have to add to my to-do list. It's on my to-do list. It's just, I haven't, haven't gotten that far yet. But yeah, so Letters to Julian is, um, it's, it's really private and personal, but yet at the same time, some of the things that I've shared with him, like there was this one, I, I've given him a few of these already. And I actually asked if I could publish them on my website, the ones that I, I've given him. And he said, yeah, sure, go ahead. And I thought that was really cool because he's, you know, even though it's about him, it's also about me and my relationship with him and the advice that I'm giving him and, you know, how, like being, you know, being a mom or being, you know, even, even a dad or whatever. Because uh, in his case, I mean, I'm, I'm both. I'm his mom and his dad because he... I raised him myself. So, um, yeah, so that's one book that is kind of, I guess, in the works, although I haven't been working on it for quite some time. Um, so thank you for reminding me to start doing that again. I, I could be totally wrong. I've been wrong a lot in the, in the last few years, but I just have a feeling that when that book is meant to be finished, because maybe it isn't meant to be finished yet, but when that book is meant to be finished, that you might want to ask your son how he feels about being on Good Morning America or, or, uh, or Ellen, <laughs> because I'm telling you, this is the kind of book that is just going to reach into people's hearts and grab hold of them and not let go. And they're going to want more of you and Julian. And you really do need to write this book. Well, you know, I don't think he would mind being on TV or anything like that because he is very, very photogenic. He is, he's half Spanish and he's half, <laughs> so he's tall, dark, and handsome. He oh, looks like a model. And you know what? Had we had the connections over the years for him to get into modeling, like even, even my dad the other day commented, and said, you know what, if we lived in California, like Julian would be on the cover of, you know, all these like fashion magazines because he is that good looking, charismatic. Uh, he's got such a winning personality. I mean, my son is like, yes, I'm biased because I'm his mom. But you know what? I have had so many people tell me how handsome and good looking he is and what a great person he is because he's like, so positive and happy and full of energy and I mean it, it his, the, the vibes he gives off are so infectious like I love talking with my son I I miss him so much when I'm not talking to him um it was funny because like about when was it last week or the week before must have been you know it was last week we had like a three-hour conversation he phoned me up and we had a three-hour conversation and I couldn't believe we talked for that long and I said to him, I said, you know, Julian, like, I really, I really miss talking to you. Like, and we had talked like five times that week, but I said, I really miss talking. Some were only like five minute conversations, seven minutes or whatever. I said, you know, I really miss sitting down and talking with you because after I talk with you, like, I feel so positive and energized and it just makes me feel so good. You know, he is just that type of a person. So, you know what? Yes, I, I should write uh enter the the letters that i have into my computer and, and write a few more because i have so much to say to that guy i mean he's just awesome 
Yeah, your your dad doesn't realize that um, what movies and TV shows aren't filmed in Australia or New Zealand are filmed in Toronto or Vancouver. So right. there's a there's a lot of call for handsome young men in Canada <laughs> in the movie yeah. and television industry. Yes, they do that to escape the U.S. tax laws. You you know that, right? I mean, uh, well, I know. You know I know that Toronto has quite a few uh, studios and things like that down there because last, was it last year? Yeah, last year I made a video. I was going to, apply, I sent in an application for some commercial. They, they actually headhunted me. They sent me an email saying, hey, Lorraine, like I was looking on your, I actually read your, you know, a letter to my son on your website and we're looking for people to, I don't know, this one client of theirs wanted to connect two people who had lost touch back together. And I wrote her back and I said, well, we've already reconnected. Like we've, you know, we've, we've reconnected already. So um, I, I wasn't chosen. I, I don't know if it was for that reason or for whatever reason, but anyhow. Um, yeah. So they, they actually had wanted me to apply for this commercial that they were filming down in Toronto. And they were going to pay us, uh, it was like 2000 bucks or something, plus pay $2,000 for the day, plus pay our expenses there, there and back and whatever. So yeah, it was, it was kind of a cool opportunity, but my son and I had already reconnected. So, ah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, um, I am aware that, that Canada does have, you know, I mean, and, and love it or list it, like they're out in Vancouver. So I, I know that there's, you know, Canadian television around. <laughs> it's just not in my uh, specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now, we have had many emails between us about the proper punctuation and grammar. And I should let you all know that Lorraine is a perfectionist <laughs> in the best way possible. But it's one of those things that can only be communicated if I say the word really slowly. Grammar, um, please, right here. Guilty as so, so what I want you to do is, how about you lay out your top four or five, just, just I can't stand those, people mess them up every time, uh, and try to educate the, the public a little bit on some of these mistakes they're making. Because as you constantly remind me for, for all the right reasons, when we write incorrectly, we are not doing ourselves, our business, or our personal reputation any good by, by making these mistakes over and over again in a public place. Right. So um, I've given you shit many times for <laughs> uh, writing on and, Facebook yeah. and just not using capitalization and periods in what you write and just basically like using stream of consciousness writing, writing whatever comes to your mind and, and, and just writing it, not putting grammar in. Like you need to start every sentence with a capital. You need to use a period. You need to hit the enter button so that, you know, every couple of sentences. So it's not one huge long paragraph. People like white space when they're reading. Now, as a blind person, I know that the visual part doesn't really you know come to your mind all the time but as a visual person myself and someone who has studied a lot of blogging tips people like the white space they like being able to see a sentence here 
some white space, and then another sentence here. It helps them digest the information easily, and it makes them actually read it all. So, um, right. well, aside well, from that, uh, uh, like, I, like you were saying, you know, when you're, especially if you're a writer, you know, and you want to be taken seriously as a writer, you have to show people you know how to write. And that means anytime you send an email, a text, a Facebook post, a tweet, whatever it happens to be that you're writing, make sure that you're using proper English, proper grammar, and proper spelling. Now, I know in the English language, there's, you know, it's really hard. It's hard to get, you know, sore and sore comes to mind. S-O-R-E. I have a sore on my belly. Well, actually, my cat does. Um, and sore, S-O-A-R, like a bird soaring in the sky. Those are called homonyms, words that sound the same, but are spelled differently and have different meanings. So there's a lot of homonyms in the English language. There's a, like between 90 and 100. And so that's one of the things that it's sometimes not always, you know, easy to get right. Um, but uh, it's one thing that you should try and at least improve yourself. Another thing, another homonym is sort of a homonym. It's a homonym and a slash contraction of a word. Your and you are your. So you are is shortened to you apostrophe re, which is pronounced your, which is different from the your that's spelled y-o-u-r, that's only one word. Y-o-u-r is like, indicates ownership, like your shirt is blue, your headset is white and black you know something that you own or you know your cat your tv your whatever so that's the y-o-u-r your the y-o-u apostrophe r-e is you are like max you're such a great guy you are such a great guy you have to think in your mind what you're trying to say you're an inspiration. You are an inspiration. Yes, you are. So you have to think, you know, like this is the, the biggest mistake that people make. And the thing is, is when you're typing, sometimes because in your head, you know what you want to say, your fingers know what you want to say, but they do something completely different. So sometimes it's easy. And especially if you're on a phone, it's sometimes easy to, you know, to forget like, oh, apostrophe R-E, that's what I really meant to say. Um, I mean, many times on Facebook, I will correct people and say, you know, like I said, I'm the grammar police. I'll say, oh, you made a mistake. And they're like, oh, it's just Facebook. It's just a casual place. But yes, it's casual. But you know what? If you want to be taken seriously as a writer or a blogger or, you know, just as an expert in whatever you're an expert in, like show that you have knowledge and like basic knowledge, like you are is you are, your is you are, you know, like don't use the your and the your incorrectly. It's just, oh, that's one of my huge, my biggest pet peeves. So anyways, okay. So what else do you want to know? <laughs>
I just want to mention a couple things here. One, to show my age, I would do much better with white space if the computer had that little bell on it like my typewriter used to. Oh, and it yeah. would remind me when I get to the end of the page that it's time to press return. I think that would really be helpful. But um, And once upon a time, word processing software had what was called word wrap, where it would actually send the um, text back to the left side of the screen when you got to a certain space on the right side. And I don't know where that's gone, but that used to be, that was probably a lifesaver for me for many years that in a text editor, you mm -hmm. would have that word wrap and it would automatically do that for you. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but the other one that I really was surprised to find out I was doing, and I didn't know, I didn't really, this was one of the few that you pointed out to me that I didn't really realize until you did. And that is the improper use of it's and it's the possessive. Uh, yeah, that's the same thing. It's it, it is, is it's, I-T apostrophe S. It's, it, it is. Like, it's great that you had me on your podcast today. It is great <laughs> that you had me on your podcast today. Um, but it's also in include, uh, it's as I-T-S, one word. It shows ownership as well. So um, the computer, if I'm talking about its screen, its screen is, you know, brand new. Uh, its keyboard is, you know, clearly big enough for me to type on. So it's in, in shows ownership as well. Whereas it is, um, it's an old computer. It is an old computer. Okay, so that's, yeah, that's, that's another homonym, but it's also the contraction as well. One of them's a contraction, which means you take two words and make them into one using the apostrophe. Right. Well, I've had a lot of fun talking with you, Lorraine. Why don't you um, remind people of your website and your social media uh, uh, connections and if there's anything you've got coming up in the next few months that you want to tell people about go ahead and do that okay so Lorraine Reguli is my name I'm the only Lorraine Reguli in the world um, so if you happen to see something bad posted about me and you don't think it's really about me you can just like call me and say hey is this about you because you know somebody <laughs> no seriously somebody was trying to um, I don't know if they're trying to impersonate me or make a bad name out of my name or something but they created some kind of tumblr blog and using my name and it wasn't me and i've asked tumblr like repeatedly to remove it i've yet to hear an answer uh anyways yeah so lorraine regularly um no one ever ever gets the pronunciation of my name right but it's r-e-g-u-l-y regularly and I run Wording Well. Wordingwell.com is my website. And LorraineRegularly.com is my other website. On my Wording Well site, I have a contact page and it lists all of my social media accounts, as well as my two email addresses that I use and which one I actually prefer. Uh, which, <laughs> just throw that in there. So, uh, yeah, so I mean, people can find me anywhere. You can. Find me on, I'm, I'm like on Facebook faithfully, more so than Twitter. I really don't like Twitter, I will admit. 
uh, find me on Facebook or email me. Those are the two best ways to get a hold of me. And uh, I'm, I, I faithfully check every, well, my email I check daily, my Facebook I check daily. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's the best way to get a hold of me. And if you have any questions, just ask, you know, I'm, I'm super open, super easygoing. I'm just like Max, you know, we're good people. We're here to help. And, you know, if there's something that we can do for you, we'll do it. Right. And don't forget y'all. Um, she does offer services as an editor, a proofreader, a guest, a ghost writer, and a freelance uh, writer, author. So if you, you need her to help with work you've already written or you need her to write it for you, be sure and reach out to her. And if you have any doubts, uh, I personally could not recommend her services higher, but you're more than welcome to check out the portfolio page on wordingwell.com and see some of her past work that she's done for other clients. Yeah, the testimonials page has more information about what my, my prior clients and, and current clients say about me. And uh, yeah, I help other people become authors in case you didn't get that part of me helping Max get published three times now. So, <laughs> so yeah, and I, I helped a lawyer publish a book. Um, I've helped, uh, just recently I helped another guy with his first book and it's gonna be coming out on Amazon uh, very shortly. And he apparently is using someone else to do the create space version um, because he's working for, it's a nonprofit. Uh, he's an army veteran and the book is called Veterans in Consulting. And so he works for, or volunteers at Beyond the Uniform. And so when he, he actually hired me to edit his book, um, I also did the formatting for Amazon. But when I asked about the formatting for CreateSpace, he said he was going to use a friend who was going to do it for free so um but yeah hey. that happens that happens and we both, yeah you know and like we okay, both, whatever. <laughs> and we and we both know that create space for, for those of y'all who didn't know because we didn't really get into the publishing part of it right uh, publishing, publishing to, right publishing to amazon the ebooks is much 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 easier than publishing successfully to create space uh, the formatting rules are different and, it, and a book that looks great online is not necessarily going to turn out great in print. So knowing you as well as I do, I won't be a bit surprised if a month or three from now, he comes back to you after seeing his print book and goes, <laughs> okay, uh, help me out, please. Um, so, apparently, oh, apparently his friend has worked with Create Space before, so. Well, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, look, I really appreciate you spending some time with me. Thank you for coming on my oh, show. Thanks for having me, Max. I'm, I'm surprised it, it has taken us this long to actually do a podcast together. Well, yeah. Well, it's, it just <laughs> hasn't ever been right for both of us at the same time before. So that's true. That's yeah. true. So now just, just so I can, I remember to do this, I'm trying to get in the habit of doing this. Uh, Y'all just remember out there that if, if, if I can do this and if Lorraine can do this, then what is your excuse? I'm going to have to coach up my guests. Let's try that one more time. Can you say it with me, please? If, if, if Lorraine can do this, if I can do this, then what is your excuse? You want to, are you not hearing me? Yeah, I'm hearing you. I just okay. don't. 
if I can do this and you can do this, then what's your excuse? Okay, once again, another great conversation, this time with a personal friend, somebody I trust about as much as I trust anybody, uh, my editor for all three books, and also somebody who once uh, helped me solve a, a major problem with the way images displayed on my website the, at the Midway Marketplace. When I would write a blog post, the pictures were ending up uh, off to the side or covering up text, and she helped me figure out what was wrong with my software so we could solve that problem. Um, but she's a really nice lady, very talented, has overcome a lot in her life. Um, like a lot of us, she, uh, you could tell at the end there, she doesn't think she's doing enough or as much as she could be. She thinks there are things she's letting uh, slide, you know, things that she needs to be doing more uh, urgently or more consistently. But we all have those issues. And I hope that I did my best to help remind her and to remind you that most of us know what we need to be doing. Most of us know the projects that, uh, that feel good in our heart, that we have passion and love and joy for. Those projects that uh, we're thinking about, maybe even working about when we're supposed to be doing something else. And I really do hope that Lorraine writes this book, Letters to Julia. I just have a feeling about it. And if there's something in your lives something that you've been putting off, something you've been saying, it's too hard, it's not its time yet, I'm not sure I can do it justice. All I can tell you to do is we learn best from our mistakes. So go ahead and start doing it. Begin the process. Take the first step. Do what you can do today and then do a little more tomorrow. Or eliminate those things from your life that are holding you back or at least cut back on them, cut down on them. Um, I'm not perfect. There are lots of things in my life that I feel like I could be doing better, uh, more consistent with my blog posts, email newsletter, and even some days sending out those pitch emails. Some days I'm really good at it. Some days I, it's like, uh, I don't feel it. And I need to get better at doing it anyway or finding a way to make it fun because it's a lot of how I promote myself as far as getting on podcasts, radio shows. And as Lorraine said, hopefully very soon, I'm going to announce my first book signing here in the Houston area. And that all comes from sending out those emails and saying, Hey, pick me. So find somebody today and tell them, Hey, pick me. All righty. I really do appreciate you spending some time with me. I know that you have lots of demands on your time. You don't have much of it to spare. And the fact that you're willing to spend some of it with me is a great blessing. I'm very humbled and honored that you do that for me. And I'm really hoping this becomes a regular part where you look forward to Thursday. Or maybe you look forward to Friday or Saturday, because I know there's a lot of good TV on on Thursday. But, you know, at some point in the week, you're going, Max is going to have a new episode, and he's going to have somebody who's going to remind us. If they can do it, then what is my excuse? So until next time, thank you. God bless you, and take care out there. And there's bound to be rough waters, and I know I'll take some falls. But with the good Lord as my captain, 
I can make it through them all. I will sail my vessel until the river runs dry. Like a bird upon the wind, these waters are my sky. I'll never reach my destination if I never try. So I will sail my vessel until the river runs dry, till the river runs dry.